Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that likes the football cliche, it's harder to play against 10 men. This week on Heart and Hand, well, that's what we're telling ourselves anyway. So welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast, my name's David Edgar, I am your host and joining me this week is Mr Ian Hogg, hello Hoggy. How you doing? I am buggered with a cold. It sounds it, mm. it, it, it does sound it, so uh, so the listeners might have, unfortunately, have to listen to my voice a little bit more this week. Yes, uh, I, I find that I am swallowing more than I, I won't go there, but uh, yeah, so uh, my apologies folks, but uh, I'm, I'm sitting here with all the Vicks Vaporub and uh, tissues etc I can get, and tissues that I didn't really need to celebrate Rangers performance yesterday, Hoggy, what a difference a week makes, we were here recording the flagship this time last week, Rangers had fought a battling draw with Villarreal, they had then uh, gone and Going to Tyne Castle, tough place to go, 1-2-1 one, one from a goal behind. And we were so proud of the fight and the spirit and everything they displayed. Since then, two matches where it's really been a 180. Yeah, um, last weekend, we, in fact, we did the, the, the flagship last weekend. It was quite a point flagship. We got the point against Villarreal, a real battling draw. We'd beaten Harps. Um, the entire world wanted to, to, to let us think it was a, a just victory, but it was a just victory. Um, after, let's face it, we battled our way um, and really dug deep with 10 men to get, the, uh, to get the, the, the three points. I think last weekend we showed real character. We leaders in the team showing real leadership, proper leadership, uh, and not just game management. Um Wednesday then came and it looked as if we had a set of players that rarely seen each other before. And let's face it, the only change really was Scott Arfield. I think it highlights how much of a loss Scott Arfield is when he's not on the side. 
And then yesterday, where we had no Alfredo Morelos and no Scott, Scott Arfield. And if on Wednesday night, David, they looked as if they'd never seen each other before. Last night, they looked as if... Uh, sorry, yesterday, they looked as if they'd never seen each other before and hated each other anyway, because, <laughs> you know, the whole the whole performance was just lax, no urgency, no one on their game. Um Bad referee decision, yes, but for Christ's sake, we're playing Dundee at the bottom of the league. Yeah, we can't we can't hide from the fact that a, a wrong offside cost us a game because it did. And I think if Rangers had gone two one up at that point, I think we'd have gone on and won comfortably. Uh, it was a terrible decision. Again, we'd rant about this. It's guessing the linesman wasn't up with play. He's behind. He can't see it properly and he guesses, uh, which goes against what we're told. If they have any doubt, they're supposed to give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. He couldn't not have doubt because of his position. He has to know his position is wrong. He can't see it properly. Therefore, he can't give it. It's as simple as that. And it did cost us. But, as Hoggy said, we still had, when that goal was disallowed, 60 minutes against 10-man bottom of the league Dundee, to go on and win and we didn't we didn't force the keeper into a serious save he had one from Ryan Jack we only managed two shots in the whole of the second half Rangers didn't deserve any more from that game than than we got uh, and I think I've got a tactical theory now obviously I'm not tactics board Adam Thornton so it might be a load of bollocks all game but I think that Stephen Gerrard in keeping with a lot of young managers who are uh, coming to the fore at the moment are highly influenced by what I'll call the almost Jurgen Kloppian style of play, which is famously called Gagan pressing, but involves lots of pressing, with the idea being that you score goals from turnovers of possession. So what you do is you create mistakes from the opposition, you win the ball, then you quickly move it forward, and it gives you more opportunities to score goals. And... I think that's the way they want to play. That's the way they set up. The 4-3-3 is designed for that. The way the midfield is set out and and Stephen Gerrard has spoken uh, of playing in that certain fashion. The problem at Rangers is against most teams, that's difficult to play because they just pack the defence with two banks of four, sometimes more. And it means that even if you win the ball, you're still faced up against mass ranks of defending. And... If you look at Liverpool when Klopp arrived, famously, remember he would get these fantastic results against Manchester City and Manchester United and Arsenal. And then they would draw or lose games to teams like Burnley or Swansea, where it was a completely different game. And he's had to adapt. And you see that this season with Liverpool, that they aren't playing the wonderful free-flowing football we all loved, but they're winning every week. And I think that Rangers have to change, it, to me it suggested by the fact that we do better in Europe, where we can play our favoured style, but domestically when we're coming up against teams who are quite happy for us to have the ball who don't want the ball to give up, because they know if we've got the ball and we lose possession we're in trouble, so they don't take risks we tend to struggle a little bit against these mass ranks of defenders because we're not set up to play that style am I a million miles off here? All it does uh, so first of <laughs> No, no, I don't think you are. I think in Europe, that high press, um, turnover of the ball, urgency, and passing into space effectively is what we're doing. We, we, we just don't get the time and space. Or Sorry, we do get the time 
but we don't get the space to do that domestically because all the space is taken up with defenders and all that happens is what we saw um, not last weekend last weekend Hearts were pressing us so you know we did have that space Wednesday night when Aberdeen effectively get a goal from a set piece and then have something to hang on to and Dundee yesterday who were quite happy with a point let's face it there's no space for us to play in and um, I'm going to say something David and I know that famously you I did a pod on Mark Warburton um, a, a, a couple of years ago um, I am not for a second comparing Stephen Gerrard to Mark Warburton but what I've seen in the last two games is we're going to play this style even when it's not working and then there's no change of the style Instead, we seem to just throw players on and kind of hope that it's going to work. Um, and that's going to, that's absolutely going to be down to the squad. Absolutely. But we have to figure out a different way of playing, especially when we're playing, you know, effectively 10-man defences. We get no space. And therefore, it's killing our urgency and killing our pace in the game. I thought yesterday we did try to change it slightly. We went to a 4-2-3-1 um, and with, with Jordan Rosser coming in. But again, the problem was about the style rather than the the formation. And what happened was when Dundee got behind the ball, Rangers struggled to have the creativity in front of them to break them down. And what we resorted to was, I always worry when I see Rangers in that sort of pass to defender, defender to other defender, to hold midfielder, back to defender, back to other defender, out wide, and then the full-back or the winger crosses from deep and the goalkeeper would catch it, he'd kick it, we'd get the ball back and the whole process would start again. And we badly missed yesterday. Dundee would mark Kyle Lafferty in the middle, who's not, despite his height, he's not really a, a target man, if you like. Uh, he's not famous for being a, a fantastic in the air. And we didn't have Scott Arfield, so we didn't have a runner from midfield. And... That's why the crossing wasn't working. It would needed to have been pinpoint, and it wasn't. And the tactic was, by the end, looked more like hope. We didn't get in behind. It was very difficult to do so because they didn't have any. They weren't allowing us any space. But we couldn't get in behind them. We couldn't get cutbacks. And on top of that, we're talking about all the technical aspects. We're talking about all the, the formation and and the style of play and all that. On top of that, Rangers played badly. I mean, that's the other thing. Rangers' decision making was awful. And that, of course, it doesn't matter what formation you line up in. If players are not making the correct decisions during a match, you're always going to struggle anyway. Yeah, do you know, I think added to that, David, is um, so technically they weren't quite up to it yesterday. Formation, they weren't getting it right. There's a real failure of, or a real inability to be able to pass the ball five yards, unless, of course, it was sideways or backway. Um, and then add to that the thing that we also saw on Wednesday night and it boils my piss that especially in the last 10 minutes there's zero urgency in the game whatsoever we're still passing the pretty passes back, you know, uh, side to side and all the rest of it we, even when it's an injury time players know fine well it's an injury time we're showing no urgency it's just it, it's almost as if um and again, I'm going to say something that, that probably won't go down well with, with a 3-1. It's almost as if they chucked it. 
they chucked it and settled for a point because it just wasn't working and they didn't quite know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss, David, to kind of, you know, put it any other way. I'd phrase it slightly differently. I don't think that they chucked it. I think, though, that they didn't believe they were going to get the winner, which is slightly different. I think they were still putting the effort in, but without any real feeling that we are going to do this. And I agree. I thought that, especially yesterday, the last 10 minutes, it was quite... uh, I thought it was quite obvious, and I've watched the game back this morning, and the last 10 minutes, there wasn't the urgency you would expect. You would have expected the the Dundee goal to be under siege, and and it wasn't. Rangers kept playing the way that they'd been playing throughout that second half and just could not get anything going. There was no fluidity. It was a very fragmented display. In fairness, and I think it is a consideration, I know that some people don't want to hear it, but I still think it is a fair point. That was our 32nd game of the year by the start of December, and I think a lot of the players are mentally tired, and I think we've seen that in these last two matches. Um, that That's... <laughs> That's got to be a factor because we're going to the well with the same players generally all the time, um, or at least the same main players, because I'm sure we're going to come on to some of the players who are being swapped and chopped and changed around. Someone like a Tavernier, like a, an Arfield who obviously wasn't playing, like a Morelos, Candace, Ryan Kent's been out injured because I think he was just done. Um these guys are, are being used week in, week out. Uh, Ajaria, for example, was being used week in, week out, got injured, come back, looks as if we've got his brother back. It is undoubtedly taking its toll. But um, we've got however many weeks, what, three weeks till the break, just under three weeks to the break, and we're going to have to ask these guys to dig deep again and uh, come back with, what is it, five? five games to the break mm. we're going to have to ask them to go at it five games again and it's going to be because of those last two results David if we want to stay in touch and you know have make a challenge this season those guys are going to have to produce performances in these next five games I think it, I felt a bit for Stephen Gerrard after the match yesterday when, when people were saying he looked shocked and I think he was shocked I think he was shocked at the level of performance he got from his players because I think he does believe in them and I think he believes that they're, they're better players than they show and then they are they've shown enough I mean even just seven days before to suggest that they are capable of better but there was a flatness about Rangers yesterday and it's not helped by again conceding early and conceding a really stupid goal um, the ball goes over the top Joe Worrell completely loses it uh, Connor Goldson coming in behind makes the the fatal and schoolboy error of letting it bounce you know we uh, and I love the, the phrase in football the first thing you're told as a kid but genuinely one of the first things that I was told when I was playing in defence was never let it bounce, go in and deal with it and then, you know, if you thought your goalie should have came for it you should have asked questions to me it looked like Conor Goldson was expecting Alan McGregor to come off his line for it he should know by now that Alan McGregor is pretty reluctant to do so unless he absolutely has to he should have dealt with it and then he could have turned round and said you should have came for that That's that's fine but the defenders were swapped round yesterday um, in terms of left and right. Warrell, of course, was brought back in. And the defence, I think, has struggled since we began the rotation. Now, there may be very good reasons behind that, such as that we have to keep players fresh. I get that. I understand the thinking there. 
But for me, there's no doubt that the defence has got worse since we decided we were going to introduce introduce that element of rotation. And maybe it's over overly simplistic, but it, they look like they're not quite sure what they're meant to be doing. And I would think that inconsistency of selection probably breeds inconsistency on the park. We've got two guys, sir. Three guys, if we include McGregor, who are always there. McGregor, Tavernier and Goldson. And Katic was injured, and therefore he had to be kind of, you know, almost rotated out, if you like. And Barisic has never really got started because of injury. Um, Flanagan's form down the toilet. But we've had Halliday stepping in. And he's, I think Halliday's actually done very, very well at left-back. In that centre, centre-back pairing, um, you remember when Sunas arrived? And, and of course, all farts like us will hark back to those days, David. As soon as I arrived, the first thing he did was sort the centre of defence um, and get Terry Butcher in there as a proper leader in the centre of defence and have a consistent guy playing alongside him, um, usually David Ferson, and then Graham Roberts move on Graham Roberts. What, what Graham Sunnis didn't do was chop and change him out with Dave McPherson one week, then Ali Dawson the next week, then somebody else the following week. It just didn't happen. Um, because the team's got to bed in. The goalie's got to believe in the centre of defence in front of them, and the midfield have got to believe the centre of defence will effectively deal with balls like we saw yesterday. Um, I think for me there's two things. One is chop can change continually, so therefore a new team and a new spine of the team is not quite gelling yet because we're changing it every five minutes. Then if we add to the mix one of the guys that we bring in, and you know, David, I don't like particularly like singling out guys, but I think after yesterday it's quite easy. Um, Connor Golson had, I thought yesterday, a really poor game. He should have dealt with that, absolutely. Um, you could see, however, I thought anyway, a real lack of trust in his partner, in Joe Worrell, um, who... I just I, I just don't get it. I just don't see it. I think he had a, a, a good game against Villarreal in Spain. And then since then, he's kind of flattered to, uh, flattered to deceive. It doesn't help, of course, that he's been in and out the side continually. Um, but what I would say is, he's not ours. I don't think he's better than what we've got. And therefore, firm believer in you play the players that are yours if, if the loanees aren't any better. And it just... It, 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 it really bothers me that we're continuing that rotation and really continuing just to disrupt the side every five minutes. Yeah, I think that's a fair point and one we we should talk about because I did notice from social media last night and from the, the reaction on our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash heartandhandfolks, that I, I, he's not popular, Worrell. Um, and I think partly it's to do with his manner uh, I don't think he helps himself with some of his off-field comments. He's a very confident young lad. But if you're going to to do that, if you're going to make assertions about your ability and then you don't follow up, then that obviously can lead to an issue. But I think that the main thing is is that we had Katic. We liked Katic. He was playing really well. We weren't conceding goals. We looked really solid at the back. What gold, uh, sorry, Worrell has come in and is almost, if you like, the symbol of the defence losing a step. Uh, and I don't think the fans have, have particularly taken to him. On the bigger point about loan players, the youngsters, I think, are 
following a pattern that we've seen over the last few years, which is players come in from down south youngsters, they start well, um, they show their ability, they're enthused because it's an opportunity for them to play in front of a big crowd, to play in front of passionate fans that they haven't had. It's first team minutes, it matters, unlike you know, you can play all the, the youth and reserve football you want, it's a different level. And then they dip. And I think that partly that might just be their bodies are not used to this amount of football. I mean, Ovi Ajari has never played this amount of first-team games. And I think that, that we're witnessing an element of that happening again, where after a promising start, they dip. Now, this happens to young players, your own young players when you bring them through, where they come into the side, they start really well, we, we all get excited. This is not unique to Rangers, incidentally. It happens at, at most clubs. And then there's that dip as the sort of rush of adrenaline at being in a team and a first team and an important part of it goes and then generally speaking good management at the club is you would you would drop them out of the team it becomes more complex with loan players because you you know you obviously promised them minutes otherwise they wouldn't have come and i do wonder if there's a mental issue Ian, that a player who is your player who's there for three four years who's desperate to make it at your club he has to go away and reevaluate and work hard and get back in the team. A lone player, if he's not playing well and he's, say, unhappy, there is that thing in the back of your mind of, oh, well, I'm out of here in six months anyway. I'm not sure that it, they have the same impetus to go and, and rediscover their form and get back to what they were. Um, <coughs> it's, it's going to go back to David. All, all players are different. If, if, if you look at uh, uh, a Jason Cummings, for example, who wasn't the, the the youth academy player from Liverpool, but as an example, he came to Rangers. He was absolutely bursting to please. Didn't work, but it wasn't for the wasn't for his want of trying. If you look at uh, an Ovia Jaria, um, Ovia Jaria, I think pisses the fans off from time to time because he's not all action, he looks very lackadaisical um, and therefore when, th- when, when, when the chips are down and he looks lackadaisical even even if his play doesn't warrant it, if you know what I mean that's what he's going to get labelled and at the end of the day these guys they either, they've cut the, the, the guys from Liverpool especially they've come from a big club um and they've come to a big club. So Rangers being a huge institution shouldn't be a surprise to them. Playing for us might, you know, and, and, and the demands of it might. But, you know, what I will say, David, is if they can't make it at Rangers, they certainly can make it at Liverpool. So all of them should be taking this chance to say, yep, I am going to, I'm going to prove Klopp. I'm going to prove the world that I can absolutely do this. Ryan Kent, I think, is has shown that the majority of his time. Ejaria, the jury's out. Um, and Worrell from Nottingham Forest, I think, is, you know, I, I'd, I'd drive him down the road on January the 1st if I could. You're going to get hit and miss with lone players. I, I'm fairly sure that you're right, some of them, some of them will think, I'm out of here in a period of time anyway. But, you know, I, I, I would expect, really expect the right mentality from professional footballers to really take opportunities and if they're not doing it if, if, if they do have that mindset of um, 
doesn't really matter for a player. I, I had a bad game. I'm out of here soon. Then no use for our club, thanks. Now, obviously, we're without Jamie Murphy. We were without Scott Arfield. We were without Alfredo Morelos. These are important players for us. And these are important players in unlocking a defence and, and adding that little bit of magic. But I think there have been concerns that our midfield, you have a lot of similar types of players. And I think it was clear that yesterday, for example, Dundee were quite happy for Ryan Jack to have the ball because he's he's not a creative player. He's not somebody who's likely to thread through a killer ball or whatever. Do we have anyone in the squad at the moment or is it a case of, no, we absolutely have to go out and get someone who can do this because we, we've got players who are good and they've got a lot of great qualities, but that's not a string to their bow. <coughs> Excuse me, you look at yesterday and we, Jordan Roster comes in. We made a lot of changes, right? And, and I'm, I'm sure that disrupted the flow a little bit. But the flip side is we can't play as poorly as we played on, on Wednesday night and create not much uh, and there'll not be consequences. Um, Rossiter came in to play alongside Ryan Jack and straight away you're kind of scratching your head a little bit because it's almost a case of which one's going to drop deeper. Um, I actually thought yesterday, as poor as he was, maybe... Uh, or, or he, he has been since he came back his injury. I actually thought yesterday was kind of more, uh, probably more ideal for Koulibaly. And just given the license to, to, you know, you're you're not defending today, get yourself forward and try and pull that defence about a little bit. Um, what we did instead was play Gresda, Candias, and Kent, and they all interchanged, and that was that was fine, you know. And, they weren't really moving Dundee about an awful lot. Um, but we do have, at the minute certainly, with the likes of Graham Dorans and Scott Arfield not available to us, we we don't have players who are playing the killer ball. We don't have guys to, to unlock the defence. Ajaria came off the bench and frankly just looked disinterested and that might be back to that lucky days style, but... Um, I thought he looked. Yeah, he, I actually thought he looked shit out of confidence. To be honest, he, there was one moment that I'm sure you've seen if you're on social media that's been gift where he got the ball on the edge of the back, edge of the box, tried the pirouette, didn't come off. He kind of then ran inside into trouble and fell over, and they took the ball off him. And, and he's more talented than that. He's a better player than that. He he, he reminded me of. Uh, do you remember the? I think it was the 2011 League Cup final when we were ahead, we won an extra time and Neil Lennon decided to bring Paddy McCourt on and the first thing McCourt did was get get the ball, run a little bit, try a, try a, he tried a Cruyff turn and fell on his arse. It was like that um, and after that, that was him shot to bits, you know, and he was getting a lot of the ball, just not happening at all. You know, there, there's a, back to what you said earlier, David, there's a kid that needs a wee bit of time out the team. But of course, we've got him from Liverpool, so we're going to end up playing him. Um, we just, we're, we're, we're struggling. We're struggling with that 4 3 whatever. We're struggling to unlock defences. Especially when we don't have a forward in Alfred Morelos on the park, who's going to try and force it for you and try and bully the opposition a little bit and almost kind of create the gaps that way. It was just, um, 
bitty. It was just poor, real bad day at the office. And I think the, the, the thing that grates most, um, aside from refereeing performances and linesmen and players being shit and all the rest of it, we were playing the team at the bottom of the league. Mm. Up until very recently, couldn't buy a point. Um, and, you know, Kenny Miller came back and he got a goal and that's all you know, nice for him and all the rest of it, uh, not for us. But we created really next to nothing. Yeah, the, the, we didn't, we can't say, oh, the keeper made a string of saves or we missed chances. We, we didn't create. Yeah, and, you know, you're, you're, I found myself thinking uh, midway through the second half, maybe at this moment our most creative players, um, James Tavenier, can we get him into the middle of the park? Well, I, I would agree with that and the stats back you up, but I think one of the things that's happened is teams are now blocking that wing very specifically that they are. And I think that was why Barisic came on yesterday because I think that the manager thought, well, that'll if they're concentrating on stopping Tav, that'll... And that may well happen, incidentally, as Barisic gets more fit, that if teams... Aberdeen did the same, where they said, right, if you stop James Tavernier... Okay, I don't think you entirely stop Rangers, but you certainly put the handbrake on us. And I think that Aberdeen and Dundee both concentrated on him, whereas if Barisic is there, then they can't quite do that as much because they'll have the threat from the other side. And I think that was the thinking, but Barisic, although he whipped over a couple of good balls yesterday, there was just nothing up front, there was no movement. Lafferty fell out of the game completely, and in the end up, we were just reduced to just lumping the ball in from wide. Yeah, and of course, that, that that's the point that you're, you're thinking, do you know what, Joe Laurel, you've had an absolute sticker, son, but why don't you go up front if all we're going to do is just lob the ball up? In the end up, Christ Dundee could have stolen it. Oh, yeah. And this is, you know, ten, 10 men Dundee at, at points had a 4v3 on us. Um, other teams would have finished as simple as that. Yeah, it was a it was a grim day, and I think that the frustration of of doing all the hard work to get to the top of the league, and then to blow it with two such poor and disappointing displays is is what has annoyed the fans. Um, but we take a break from league business this week to go to our final Europa League group game against Rapid Vienna, needing a victory to progress to the last thirty two. First things first, we've been critical, but. If we progress to the last 32 after starting off in the first qualifier, that is one hell of an achievement. Yeah, it, it would be remarkable. You know, I, I've said in previous points, David, that, that that's, that's what, six months, I think? Five and a half months, something like that, since our first game. Um, and yes, we're going through a blip. And yes, uh, the, the tone of our voices and the criticisms from us today are justified. Of course they are. But the flip side, of course, is look how far we've come in that time. Look at the amount of uh, European matches we've played. You said it yesterday. Uh, sorry, earlier that yesterday was our 32nd game of the season. Thursday will be our 33rd. There's that maths degree coming to the podium. Hmm. Um, and if we can get through, I never expected us to get beyond the third qualifying round. You know, but before the start of the season, I thought, given the seeding and all the rest of it, that's probably as far as we'd go. Um, I think what, we, what we've seen in Europe, I think people being bitterly disappointed with performances against Spartak Moscow, shows you that we have come far. We have progressed hugely as a team. 
we, we need to find a little bit of consistency and get a little bit of a run going because we're not out of it. We're not out of it in the league. Not by a long shot. We're only two points behind, albeit we're a game in hand. We, we, we need to find a little bit of consistency. That has eluded us. Absolutely, has eluded us so far. But we're on to Thursday now, and it's, it, it becomes essentially a bit of a cup final. You know, it's almost your kind of winner-takes-all. I think we have to win. Um, but flip side, of course, is Rapid Vienna play, unsurprisingly, in the Austrian League. Uh, and they're eighth out of a 12-team league. Uh, they drew 0-0 at home against Graz at the weekend. They are not ripping it up in Austria. So if we if if we can happen to find some form from somewhere and Arfield will be back and Morelos um is playing, then we've got every chance. So yes, it's been all doom and gloom for yesterday because it deserves it and yesterday was shit. Um but we we can we can win. We can go there and win on, on Thursday. I've got no doubts about that then. Well, they're going to come out against us. They're not going to sit in. They're going to come out and, uh, I think, at home with the pressure of their crowd, although, obviously, um, what they need is different from what we need. But I think that there will be more room. You're not going to have the mass ranks of, of defenders unless we concede an early silly goal again, in which case they will just sit in and try and hit us in the break. So there is a chance for the, the players to express themselves. Arfield's available. Morelos is available. The, the players should, I think, try and take this as just a break from league duty and, and a break from the pressure of that and just go out there and express themselves and play the football that we know they're capable of, Hoggy. And and they are, undoubtedly. Um, if Ryan Kent is available and fit, then he probably plays with Condace on the other side. Um, Arfield will likely, I would imagine, replace Ajaria. Um and we may oh, Ajaria, see... Ajaria didn't start yesterday, so I think he'll replace Rossiter. Um, and, <coughs> and then the questions around Koulibaly, Jack, does Barisic start? Does Halliday move into the middle of the park? Um, because, by God, I would have had him <laughs> over, over what we had yesterday. Um, so it, the, the one thing we will have for Thursday is some more options. And clearly, our talisman of Fredo Menelos back. Um, they will, you're right, come out. Um, they all they need a point to go through, um, but they're also home, so I would imagine they're not going to sit back. They're they're going to want to come out. I would imagine and score early and try and kill the tie off. Hopefully, hopefully that allows us the space. But the one thing we've got to do is start with how many times do we say this, David? Start with a bit of urgency, with a bit of pace, get a passing going, get our game going. That thing that we kind of failed to do in those past two games. We have to defend better. We saw in Moscow that with a bit of space, we have players in the in the front lines who are capable. And uh, I think Candace showed it. Middleton's shown it in this European run. Arfield, Morelos. We've got talent up there. But if we defend remotely like we defended in Moscow, then that will be for naught. <laughs> If if we defend, I think any other game this season like we defended in Moscow, then we might not get another point. Um, I expect McCauley and Goldson. I expect Tavernier. I actually expect Barisic to start as well, um, and I expect us to almost get our best team out there in the park. We've got Hamilton, I think it is next weekend, next Sunday. Yeah. Um, so. 
in normal terms, Hamilton would be a game where you could give players a rest and, you know, it's at Ibrox and so on. But in reality, we've got two games coming up, which both of them are, if we want to progress, both of them are must-win. Mm. Um, I get that players are tired, but I'll go back to what I said earlier, David, we're going to have to go back to the tank. These guys are going to have to suck it up until January, until, what's the last game? So, uh, December the 29th. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Christmas, so we've got what, another five games, maybe six, can't remember. Um, it's it's a tough one, and I get it. You know, a 35th game of the season coming up, it's it's almost a football season by Christmas. Um, that That's tough. But, um, what would you do, David? Would, would, would you get effectively legs in the midfield, or would you go for a Jaria and, and hope for the best? Uh, it's a it's a tough one. Um, I think I'd be looking at them and talking to them to to assess not only fitness but confidence levels because I th- I think a few of them have taken a bit of a battering um, this week. I think Morelos and Arfield coming back is huge. Um, I'd probably start with Kendeas. I don't think Kent can be fully fit given that he was just back anyway. So I'd probably start with Young Middleton. Then in the midfield with the players that we've got, I think he will go for. Jack, Koulibaly and probably Ajaria. I think that will be the three. Uh, sorry, Jack, Koulibaly and Arfield. I think that will be the three, which, understandably, um, it, it works well in the European context. It has worked well in the past in the European the European context. Defensively, Macaulay would, would start for me. I'd be going with Macaulay and Goldson at the back. Halliday at left back if Barisic... I mean, Barisic might be an option, and if he is, I'd, I'd play him. Uh, but... We'll need to we'll need to wait and see what what he does, uh, what he comes up with. I I do think that he'll need to start looking at maybe swapping about things like formation and and changing the way that we're playing at the moment to try and overcome certain shortcomings we have, which is that lack of the killer ball. But I do think that that team is capable of going over there and getting a result. I think that it says a lot that against Spartak we blew it for ourselves. You know we did make the chances. We should have won the game. It was our own fault, and. If we attack with that same vigour and defend better, then there's absolutely no reason Rangers can't go and get that result. And on top of that, they're going to have fantastic backing, Hoggy. I mean, the amount of fans going is incredible. Thousands will go. And um, and we take that for granted. We get a bit blasé about it. You know, it's Rangers, it's what we do. But here we are. Uh, it's going to be what, the 13th of December. Mm. Uh, a week and a half before Christmas. And we're going to take thousands of fans to Vienna to back the side. Um, that in itself should inspire the players and give them that extra shot of adrenaline. Um, I hope that the players aren't starting to take the fans for, for granted just because we turn out and just because we give vocal backing. The players should be standing back and thinking, I do need to give that extra 5-10% here. Because you know the backing they have had this season has been remarkable. You know. Hundreds of fans going to Russia, to Christ, the middle of, to to pretty much Asia, you know, uh, Ufa. Where I think if you draw a straight line south, Ufa's in line with Iraq. You know, hmm. we took six, seven hundred there. We've taken thousands everywhere else we've gone at massive expense. And I get it. You know, Rangers are back. Rangers back in Europa League and loving it. Absolutely loving every minute of it. Um, but. Don't take us for granted. And the thousands that go on Thursday night, stay safe, 
and uh, and I, I I really really hope the players dig it out, especially for the guys that go because um, as I say, massive expense, massive commitment in terms of time to get there and mm-hmm. time off work etc. Um, and none of us none of us should take that for granted. Now. A good sign on the move, if you like, back to normality was the opening of the Rangers shop in St. Enos Square in Glasgow this weekend. Hoggy queues right out the block, uh, even up until as we're recording at the moment. This is a strange situation, obviously, because of the whole Sports Direct thing, where Rangers have a club shop at the stadium that's full of old crap and nobody buys it. And yet they have their own shop in the well they don't because it's not technically a ranger shop but a ranger shop is opened in the city centre that the club can't promote but even so it, it did my heart good Hoggy to see that that opened again. It's um, for, first and foremost it's a cracking location um, beside the senior centre I think it's the old Maplin shop um, so a, a great location um, it looks great <coughs> you know it's whitewashed in the the, the real big sign and so it looks great inside the, the shop itself is well laid out um, and to see the queues out the door Saturday Sunday Monday um, you know you, you've heard the reports all day and Monday of you know queued out the door and down the roads superb and the club know the club know that if, if, if folk are in like me I've not bought for the past few years for very obvious reasons and I save my money, I put it aside every single year. Um, and therefore, when the chair store online started, David, as you know, I spent a Friday night frantically trying to get about what felt like 800 strips. Um, Rangers fans want to spend money on good quality Rangers merchandise with them money by and large go to the club. That, that's 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 no surprise whatsoever, um, and folk, especially in the run up to Christmas, are just shouting, "Take my blue pounds, please take them!" Um, and it does my heart the world of good to see that, and that's especially after such a poor result yesterday. That place is still queued out the door today. Folk love it, you know. Rangers fans, we love our club, um, and yeah, we're going to have ups ups and downs, but given what we've been through, David. Given all the stash and all the crap and the merchandise stuff and you know that's just one of many 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 things. Um, it's 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 that sign that we will back whoever's there to do that, that's got the club at heart and doing a good job. Take our money um, and hopefully we can get out of the lease, out of the deal, and all the rest of it with with uh, Mike Ashley sooner rather than later and get that store at the at, at Ibrook Stadium done up again because it's uh well we saw it we were there on Friday night uh, we bought the store at, at Ibrooks uh, you know the Puma signs are up the old kit's still there it just it looks it looks actually like something from another dimension David yeah I mean it does it's it's awful and a testament to the situation we've found ourselves in in the last few years but with each positive step it gets us closer to where we want to go and I think that that's probably the frustration with the football side of it as well Hoagie is that we've been through so much shit that we are just desperate for success and desperate to come out of it and desperate to say right 
we are now officially back to where we want to be. And I think that that's where the frustration comes from. But the reason I don't criticise fans who, who get like that, and I know that you, you see some things straight after a, a result like yesterday or, or Wednesday night, it's just a, an outpouring, you know, when you see people post things, especially social media, where people will post things when they're angry. I don't think in the cold light of day they believe it, but it's understandable given what we've had to go through. Of course it is, and if you look at if you look at the past seven years and what we've been through, then people people are more twitchy than they're more demanding when we have a string of good results and we look the part. Um, and then when we don't get that consistency, no, let's face it, David, we get pods like this one, mm. yeah, because our, our expectations have risen over the past five and a half to six months to a level of we're back. We're back and we're challenging. Christ, we went top of the league last uh, last week in December for the first time and Christ knows how long. Uh, I think I had brown hair the last time. Hmm. Um, so, therefore, the expectation rises. So, what Stephen Gerrard and the players have to understand, because it's not going to change, that folk are frustrated. Folks, folks' frustrations are through the roof. We are craving success. We're, we're now at the stage where we're because we are, we feel as if we're getting back to where we're getting back to. We're demanding success. And that's a very different place to where we've been, um, and it's going to take some of the players by surprise. It's, some of them will fail, and we've seen that as well. We, we, we've, we've seen that with some of the players who've been shipped out the door. And we're seeing, seeing it, frankly, with some of the squad just now, who are not being able to keep the consistency going. Um, but I'm a firm believer, David, and. We shouldn't change. You know, we, we are Rangers and we are demanding and we want our club to be the best and we believe that we are number one. So I, I don't want us to change. We might have to temper it as a support from time to time. You know what it's like, especially at Ibrox. Oh, next, yeah. next Sunday, for example, you know, I give it 30 seconds to walk the first moan and groan, you know, with the first misplaced pass. We do need to, I think, just take a breath at times and allow the players to play um, and it's hard because well, let's face it but the frustration and allowing the time and space doesn't exactly go hand in hand no it doesn't it doesn't okay then folks thank you very much for joining us uh, a, a bit downbeat after the result and obviously uh, due to my uh, man flu but uh, if you want to hear more from more upbeat podders um, <laughs> although not many after yesterday then you can visit our site uh, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand and there you will get up to five new shows every single day you can also visit our website heartandhand.co.uk for our full range of blogs and merch just time to thank my executive producers and London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers and to thank my guest, the wonderful Mr Ian Hogg I'd love to say it was a pleasure but it was, uh, it was, it was maybe your pleasure David <laughs> Probably, ok folks, thanks for listening now, no heart and hand extra this week because obviously we're playing Thursday but we'll be back with a bumper episode of this show this time next week till then, take care, cheers, bye Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.